Hello there. Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, the Business, Ministry, and Money Podcast with Catherine Storing and Kimberly Jones. Oh my goodness. And we just had the most amazing green room meeting and we are here to bring you an amazing conversation for this season because June, June started with a bang. I don't know about you, PK, but June for me, wow. It, yeah. And you know what? It was kind of like um, a wake up call too. that. Are we seriously at the middle of the year? Mm-hmm. Are we like almost halfway through this year? So, yeah, it, it started off with a real bang, a wake up call. We're so excited. So we got, we have brand new episodes every Friday, early, early morning. So make sure that you're subscribed that you're sharing with your, with your friends because this right here is a life changer and a lifesaver. And wait until we talk about identity crisis. And yeah. can I just tell you right now that I don't want you to wonder if I'm ever going to have one. The question is, <laughs> when, when am I going to have one? Okay. When am I going to? Absolutely. Oh, my God. We're going to be all the way transparent because that's how we operate. And it's funny how we have very similar testimonies about our backgrounds and where we are. Yeah. And we really want to give you some tools today and some encouragement because you are this close yeah, to the promised land. And we oh, want yeah. you to turn back, right? Absolutely. We do not, we do not want you to turn back. And one thing that we were talking about that we know about our audience of listeners is that we are speaking into the lives of the cream of the crop, God's choice, the very elect, the ones who have been called to go out there in the marketplace and go out there in Christendom and wreak havoc. Like, you know, just do 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 the best and be the best and accomplish the most. We're talking to that caliber of people, Catherine. Don't you agree? Totally. Not only are we talking to them and then you're thinking, but then why are you talking about identity crisis to those people? Yeah. And yeah. the reason why is because you are the one that is more likely. It's like, you know, when they say the flu, flu season, what do they say? People that, ha- are ex- that have children, yeah. I, I work with older people. Yeah, that's true. Are more likely to get the flu, so they should have it. They should take it, right? right? So you, my friend, if you are of high caliber, and you are, if you are call of God, which you are, if yeah. you got it going on and you are all kinds of fine, you are very, very likely to experience an identity crisis, but it doesn't have to be uh, an end all be all of who you are or your calling. That's right. That's right. I love the way that you put that. We are, and I'm saying we, because we're in the category as well. We are um, the, the, the prime, prime suspects <laughs> for this thing called identity crisis. I mean, we fit the MO. And so it behooves us to know how to maneuver through an identity crisis so that we don't get stuck or, or digress, that we are able to look at it, identify it, uh, work through it, and continue forward and do it. I, I always say, KIM, keep it moving. Absolutely. And I wanted to talk, I know we wanted to talk about, because uh, for some people, they were not always there where they are. They were not of this caliber, or they, they were not aware that they were. So I wanted to take it back to a time when you were not PK, and I was not Catherine. 
right. uh, at least in our minds. Right. Uh, because we don't want people to assume, because you know what happens when you assume. Uh-huh. Um, that we have always known who we were, that we always knew um, the plan that God had for our life. So taking it back to not that long ago when we were younger. <laughs> yes. And we were not aware uh, of who we were. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, it was not internal. For me, it was my environment and what others said about me. So let me know if, because before that, I had no issues with Catherine. So let me know what, what if it was the same for you. Well, for me, I, I never remember a time um, in my younger days where I, I even thought that I was okay. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I thought I was okay and then it got crushed. I just, from the very beginning, I j- that was never instilled within me. So I didn't even grow up with, you know, with that in me. Um, and everything that happened outside of me, like you're talking about, uh, facilitated that way of being. It, it, didn't, it didn't encourage otherwise. So I just grew up in that way of thinking, no, I'm not nothing special about me. Um, there's, um, there's, there's, not, there's no expectation, I, you know, there's no expectation. Others don't have any great expectations and neither do I, you know, for myself. And so it was from that perspective of when you don't know that you're missing something, you just think that it's normal. And it was everything but normal. What about you, Catherine? Wow. That it's, I just wanted to put a pin on that because it's unfathomable to me that others didn't see this. <laughs> wow. That, that's when talking about um, referees, what, you know how there's a very decisive game and they, and, and they get a play so wrong that yeah. determines everything. It's like, that's what happened. They got that call so wrong. Wow. Now, I, bet, I bet they're beating themselves right now because it's like they missed it. <laughs> they missed it. Wow. So for me, it was um, growing up in paradise and I was literally an ugly duckling, which uh, until very recently, I did not understand that that's the biggest compliment that you can ever get Yeah, because it just means that you are in the wrong place. That's right. all it means, that you are hanging with the wrong people. And sometimes you have no choice. So for me, it was being very different, being okay with being different and being made feel bad because I was different. And before that, I had no issues with my lankiness, with my crazy hair, with my opinions. I have opinions and they're not popular or they were not popular at the time. And I had no issue with that. But they did. They had an issue with me being different. I never had an issue with them having different opinions that I had. Wow. I, I you know, I, and I'm very similar. I was the, the youngest of uh, five. Um, very, 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 you say lanky. I was the lankiest of the lanky. Okay. Um, just not, not, uh, I, I would, I would, when I think about myself, I, I think of it as a, being a black sheep. You said mm. ugly duckling, same thing. Um, and I looked at those around me, even my siblings and everybody was different. You know, everybody, I felt like, um, my, my sisters were, were beautiful and, and popular and, um, I just, I just felt like that, you know, just that one that was on the outside looking in and many times, you know, just sat, did, did exactly that, sat on the sidelines without a voice, without a voice. Cause I didn't know that I could use my voice. Wow. You see that? You, it's to, that blows me away. You don't know 
that you can use your voice, but then your voice ends up being the thing that God uses the most. Which is why the enemy went after it with such passion, because he was passionate, was relentless, right? It was right. relentless, it was consistent, and it was uh, vicious. It was, mm-hmm. for me, it was vicious to the point where I didn't know that I was cute or pretty until I was 19 years old. And I began to learn that when I moved to the United States where being lanky and being different, it's a good thing, right? I didn't know. And it took me by surprise. It was like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh my God, I love everything about you. I love your hair. You have so many opinions. I was like, wait a minute, hold the phone, hold all the calls. Are you telling me that me, you like that I have a voice? You like that I look this way. Things about me that I couldn't change, that God put in me. Like, this is the thing. When people pick on you for things that you can change is one thing. But when they can pick, when they pick on the core of who you are, mm-hmm. that does, that creates a hole in a womb that will not heal by itself. That's true. It is so true. You're, you're talking about now. I think in this whole um, conversation about, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about identity crisis and what you just said, uh, I want to back it up just a little bit and then come back and revisit that point that you were speaking to. So, an identity crisis is a point um, in an individual's life where they're really trying to reconcile who they are that they don't see the value, they don't know the value, uh, they don't understand the value of um, their characteristics, their traits, their personality, their gifts, and things of that sort, and they're trying to reconcile that. And in the business world, in the ministry world, it is more prevalent than anywhere else, like we said earlier. There are certain things that we have to be mindful of and conscientious of when we hit that crossroads, and I talked about it a little bit in the green room, uh, crisis of belief, and I'll talk about that some more in a little bit. But you said something so key. You talked about when you were in the DR, right, where you didn't understand that. But when you came here to the U.S., it was different. Talk about that a little more, Catherine, because that's so key and maneuvering through these points of trying to figure out who we are, being in the right place with the right people. Oh my God. It, it's it's the, the, the proverbial trying to pull a round peg in a square hole. Yeah. All I did, I did not change who I was. I made a geographical change. Mm. Wow. That's it. I didn't change my opinions. I ain't going to change ever. That's just the way it got made. My lankiness, I already had a child. Listen. I already look like I'm a 19-year-old. That's just the way it's going to be. And that has been the most powerful thing that I will tell people. You need to surround yourself with people that see the essence of who you are and love it, like it, are on board. They put their seal of approval and they want more of it. Wow. Do not... Waste your time. I'll say that one more time. Do not waste your time trying to feed to feed a feast to people that like McDonald's or fast food. They are never going to appreciate a seven-course meal because they don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. The moment that you give the right food to the right people, it's like um, somebody made a meal the other day at church and everybody said they liked it and it was great. When I tasted it, I said, what is that spice? There is a spice here that I have never tasted before. I was having a chef to chef conversation with someone because it was not that the food was not good. It was, but I, I could taste it at a different level because of my training. Right. Right. So when you put yourself with the right people, when they see you, they're like, wait a minute, you are here. You came to our place. Wait a minute. Where can we put you? What yeah. can we get you? What, what kind of water do you drink? Like we are, we have been praying for you. Yeah. That's the kind of environment that we people like of our caliber grow. Yeah. Ooh, this is this right here. This is I'm I'm taking it all in. I'm taking it all in in this conversation. And I hope those that are listening and we're just really getting started good. This is some good stuff right here. This is going to help somebody. So make sure you're keeping your listening ears on. When I think about um, what you just said, and I think about the whole field of psychology, there is a uh, in reference to that. There is a developmental uh, psychologist. His name is Eric Erickson, and he talks about the uh, different stages. I think there's eight stages of human development, and one of those stages is um, where you uh, are really coming to um, who you are. So it's um, identity, being able to know who you are, versus identity confusion. So identity attainment versus identity confusion. And during that stage, we we have a, um, it's just an innate, an innate, innate desire to really reconcile who we are. And it's usually happening during our adolescent years. If we don't get it in our adolescent years at that place, we move on in a state of identity confusion. Because we don't get it right in that stage where that part of us is being developed. And so we, we, we move along and chronologically we mature. But as far as our identity is concerned, we're still stuck in adolescence because we have not been exposed to the proper environments to help us reconcile that in a stage of our lives where it is so important. And many of us, just like me and you are talking today, when we talk about those years of our lives, that's exactly what happened. That was the stage where there was something in us that was yearning to know who we were and to know what our purpose was and to know what was valuable about ourselves, but we didn't get that. And so you move along in this state of identity crisis or identity confusion, and you take that mess into the, you know, the, the, the chronologically older years of your life. So to be able to be in an environment like you're talking about, where these things come to life, that's what, when you were talking about being in that environment and these things come to life, you're like, oh, that, what's that? Like, oh, that feels good. That's it right there. That's who I am. Oh my goodness. And when you were talking, look, look at this, what, what revelation God showed me. This is why we are in such a state of identity crisis right now, where we have new genders now. It's so true. Haven't been exposed to the right. The, the fathers are MIA. I don't know where they are, but they're MIA. So who are they, these, these children growing up with? Powerful, amazing women. Why wouldn't they be confused about who to be when all they see is this iconic 
thing that is a woman. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's true. And it, yeah, it's at that point of vulnerability um, where whatever you're exposed to is what you're going to take in. Whatever you're exposed Ooh. to, you are going to take it in. Talk about that. Because you yeah. know, in, in, in the business world, they talk about garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. 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 What you, and when we talk about when, if you are around garbage, when you come to into an identity crisis and you're not aware, you are just, it's going to be like osmosis. That garbage and that trash is just going to filter into, you talked about geography. You, oh, that was so powerful when you said that. You talked about geography. If, if you were talking about landscape. And when we talk about identity crisis and not being in the right place, we're talking about emotional landscape and spiritual landscape where we are. So if we get to that point and that and, and that garbage is there, guess what? That's what's going to come in. And if we're not aware, we're going to take it in and it's going to cause us to do opposite of what God has intended for our lives. Wow. So there is an infiltration yeah. in the camp. Yeah. And it's like when they say, um, products like makeup. We have to be very careful about what makeup and what products we use because it's topical. We put it in our body. The, the, our largest member is the skin. It gets absorbed. So little by little, that's why my self-esteem was the size of, I don't know, like a grain of rice. Right. Because I absorbed all those comments. I absorbed that small stinking thinking. And when I was moved to another environment, I, I removed, I was removed. I didn't even mean to. I was removed to a new environment and I was getting fed that grass. I was grass fed and I was getting supplements and my ground was being tilled and I was being loved and, and cared for. All of a sudden, my, the way that I stood changed. All of a sudden, my thinking, my voice I didn't have a voice speaking. If right. you heard me speak before, you could, you have to speak up. And I, I was so timid with my voice. I didn't have a stuttering problem, but my, my, my speech was, was timid. Yes. I have a voice now. You can hear me loud and clear. Loud and clear. Anywhere. <laughs> but in that environment, my voice was, it was like, you know, like when you go to those houses that have a dimmer. And if you don't know that it's a dimmer, you're like, wow, they don't have a strong light wow. here. And Ooh. then when you find the dimmer and you go all the way up. My goodness. Like, the potential. The potential is tapped into. And, and check this out. So this, uh, uh, this lanky girl from the DR now finds her voice. And today, a two-time TEDx uh, a talker, speaker, um, um, all these amazing um, events and uh, clients around the world and platforms that God has opened up and uh, not only find, found your voice, but know how to help other people find their voice. Do you see that the dimmer has actually been found and turned all the way up, like maximum, maximum, maximum capacity, Catherine? Man, but look at the power of that that not only affected my life, because if I hadn't found my dimmer, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. That's right. I wouldn't be in your radar. Mm. I wouldn't be sitting at this table. So not only affects you, but the people, the rank of the people that you can have access to. Oh, Let's yeah. keep it all the way 100. You, you are at a level that requires people to be at a certain level. 
Wow. So guys, please listen up. If you want to talk with giants, you yes. need to climb up. Yes. It is that simple. Otherwise, it's not that they don't want to see you. Listen, oh my God. It's not that they don't want to see you. They can't see you because Ooh. they're so high. Oh, that is so good. And high meaning um, their level of thinking. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, their concerns. Oh my yeah. goodness, that just came to mind. The concerns of a giant and the concerns of an ant are so different. So They're different. so different. And so it's not that in the business arena or the ministry arena, when you think that somebody is intentionally overlooking you or somebody says that you're intentionally overlooking them, it's not that. It's that you are at different levels and you don't even see it. So it's, 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 oh my goodness. You don't even see it. It's not even... It. I'm not ignoring you. Literally, they're not on your radar. That's it. Wow. That's it. Wow. And so if you is, have, wow. Go ahead. No, I know we're, we're going to talk over each other. We're, uh, man, this is hot stuff. <laughs> wow. This is why you need to know and accept who God says that you are. Not only because of you, but because of the partnerships. Because now this is the kingdom gets even stronger that's right because now a giant with a giant what does the bible say one will take well, what does it say one will take one will chase a thousand and two ten thousand ten thousand so now imagine little pk not knowing who little pk is little catherine don't know who catherine is grow up to be giants and they link up together for the kingdom mm-hmm. for the kingdom having faith-based businesses mm-hmm. now if we were doing 10,000 separate, now this is 100,000. Exactly. Or a million. Mm-hmm. We need to know who we are. Find our voices in what God says that we are because the kingdom needs giants. The fight, the fight's not for ants. And, and I know ants have a very strong work ethic, but a giant, an ant doesn't, fi- doesn't fight a giant. Right, exactly. Can't. They don't have the capability. The focus is different. So in, in that whole, just that little tidbit, um, for those who are listening, you, you, you can't afford to get lost in an identity crisis. So that means that you have to position yourself properly and get around the right people at the right time doing the right thing. It's imperative. imperative. Check your surroundings. If you feel like you are, you're listening. You feel like you're in an identity crisis right now. You're like, oh, you're talking about me, Catherine, and, and PK talking about me right now. Yeah, do an assessment. Yep. Check your surroundings. Are you surrounded by ants? Are you surrounded by giants? You know, are you not leveling up because of whatever reason? But check your surroundings and get around the, the right people. You That's have that. to. And, and one thing that I would tell you that I struggled with before that I don't anymore um, I used to, cause I'm, I'm a woman of my word and I'm a committed person. So I would commit to something, a process, a church even, and I would be there and I would not be fed or they were not at the level. And then I would stay in spite of the fact that I was not getting the things that I wanted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I want you to realize something. You need to be selfish with your gifting. And that means you need to be developed. 
So yeah. if you're not growing in a place because they're not in alignment, you're not in alignment, and you're sometimes they're doing all the right things. I remember I was in this amazing church that I needed to be in for a season. For about three years, I was there, and it was amazing. But their ministry is for new believers. That's their ministry. That's what they're called. I'm not a new believer. Yeah. I, I am a leader that needs to be developed and grow, right, at that time. So I had to leave. And I left in the best of terms. There was nothing wrong. There was no fighting. There was, I outgrew their food. What did Paul say? You cannot be drinking milk all the time. You got you to gotta move to solids. It's true. So if you're not growing in that place, then you need to find another place. And that's okay. Right. That's true. That's true. It's okay. It's okay to evolve, you know. And sometimes identity crises develop when we refuse to evolve. When God places so much on the inside of us, but we stay where we are because it's more comfortable Right. You know, and some people are like, you know, well, at least I know what to expect where I am right now. If I move forward, if I make this um, this step and advance forward, I don't know what's going to be there. I don't know what's going to be at that next place. But, you know, we really we really lose ground. We I mean, having that expectation of all I want to know is what I expect. I know that sounds a little funny, but. Having the only expectation that you have on yourself, when the only expectation that you have on yourself is that I need to know what to expect. I need to know what's getting ready to happen. That's awful. You don't progress that way. You don't don't move up that way. So we we just have to open ourselves up and be ready to, to go to that next level and not be afraid. Not be afraid of not knowing sometimes. Oh my goodness, PK, this conversation, I bet people are saying, are they listening to our conversations? Can they read our mail? Because I know it's resonating with a lot, a lot of people. When you are, we were just saying, when you are, when something happens and you react in a way that you're like, this is not me, I would never do that. And I realized that that happens when our identity tank is low. That's so good. That's so good. Our identity tank is low. And so we're really operating on fumes, right? We're just, you know, in this place of um, kind of like desperation or maybe it's a low point because our tank is full. And so we're just dealing with the residue of who we are and not fully engulfed in the fullness of, of who we are. So we make different decisions, don't we? We sure do, because then we buy into the fact that, oh, we don't have enough. We're not enough. Or I'm never going to have enough of what I need. Not knowing that our identity is that we are the royalty. We are the priesthood of God. So we have everything we need. We always had it, have it now, and we're always going to have it. We're always going to have it. God doesn't change in that. Um, you know, the caliber of people, I talked about this earlier in the podcast, the caliber of the people that uh, we reach and who we are called to, um, these are people like you and I, who know who we are, who are walking out this journey of entrepreneurship or ministry by faith, who are human, just like everybody else. And we do go through, you know, hills and valleys in our process. And sometimes it gets a little difficult. But what amazes me is that even in all of that, 
us knowing who we are. We're out here, we're doing it. We've taken the leap of faith. Sometimes we forget, we forget, we know who we are, but then we question what we know. Like we know it. Does that make sense? Like we know it, but we get to these places where our identity take is low and then we question, am I really who I am? Right, right. And I remember years ago when we were doing the tour, the, the, the Dream Team tour, and we had this meeting at a, at a restaurant and we were talking about different things. And you said, sometimes people have to be allowed to be human. And I never heard that before. And it was so powerful. We need to remember that leaders are human. Yeah. They are human. And I know as a parent, I have had moments where I didn't have enough sleep. I was hungry or the kid just got me on my last nerve. And I had, I remember this one time I was, I was mopping the floor. I, I don't know why we had a white floor. We had a white tile floor. I don't know why, but we did. And um, I was cleaning up and my kid like went through again for the, like the last third time or something. And I just had this reaction that was not like me, but it was like an accumulation of how many times are you going to do this? Right. And um, we just need to remember that at the end of the day, even though we're cold, we're still people. Right. And, you, you know, it's so important, not only that we ask others to uh, give us that grace of being human, but that we let ourselves off the hook, yeah. you know, and, and allow ourselves to be human. Um, because when we talk about identity crisis, I mean, we can get to a place where we begin to place unrealistic expectations on ourselves based on who we are. So that really can work in, in both ways. I was thinking about, you know, um, Moses. I was thinking about Moses. And I think that he is a perfect example of what identity crisis looks like, okay? He was born a Hebrew. His mother, in an effort to protect him, um, put him in the basket, put him in the, in the river, the Pharaoh daughter's, Pharaoh da Pharaoh's daughter finds him, right? So now he becomes the quote-unquote son of the, of the Pharaoh. He's there. He's trying to operate in that, but his roots are Hebrew. Um, he comes into a situation <laughs> where that thing of who he really is begins to rise up, even though he's operating in something else. Oof. And he begins to act upon that thing that's in him. In doing so, he gets punished for it. You guys know the story. I'm just, I'm just really just summing it up. He gets punished for it. He gets judged for it. He runs away. He goes to the backside of the mountain, starts tending the flocks there. When all the while, this guy is a deliverer. Right. He's been called from God from the very beginning. Who he was in the beginning is who God was going to use to do the great things. Right. When you talk about what we just mentioned about sometimes forgetting who we are and not letting ourselves off the hook and not allowing ourselves to be human, Moses did that. When he made that mistake or when he was taken up for, the, for, his, for his people, his, his brothers, he ran because he had a moment. He had a moment. That is so powerful. Oh my God. Your essence, your identity will come out whether you want to or not. It cannot now come out. It's like if you put, if you staff a pillow 
with things and somebody burst that pillow, whatever you stepped in, it's going to come out. going to come out. Our identity, it is, it, people think identity is so fancy and so complicated. Identity is just the sum of all the things that God has put on the inside of us. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. we fight it sometimes, but at the core, that is it. Who God, I am who God says that I am, no matter where my current situation has me. Because when you were talking about Moses, so Moses ran to the desert and then he learned because he didn't know how to work, he didn't right. know how to, how to manage people. And then he had to manage sheep, which is one of the hardest animals to, to manage because they're dumb. They're just innocent. <laughs> they don't know. And then what does God have him do when he called them back? Take care of my people. Right. So he's you even in those like those places where sometimes we feel like we're missing it. God will take those experiences. And you talked about it's, you know, our identity being, you know, who we are. It's also what we've experienced and what we've gone through, because we are the sum total of, of who God called us to be, plus the things that we've gone through. And the wonderful thing about God is that he does not waste anything nothing he's so good wow that is so true because he used that time those 40 years in the desert he used them he used them and we need to realize and and that's something that i i have to embrace myself and i'll just be transparent i have shared my testimony before i was married before before i was a real believer even though i thought i was a believer i really wasn't but i thought i was okay and my dad's a pastor. I've been in church my whole life. And PK, I beat myself up for years. I mean, I'm talking about beat myself up. I self, I put my, the D letter on my forehead myself. Yeah. Nobody put it there. I made this the unforgivable sin. I made this the thing that separated me from God for years. And I remember I had a friend I was, I was young too. I was like early thirties when it happened. And um, I told my friend, I can never get married again. Mm. And he said, what are you talking about? You know how young you are? PK, he robbed me of years. Granted, God used it to develop me and grow me and help me see who I was in him. But I took on that, that event that happened. That bad decision that I made, that's what, even that affected, my low self-esteem affected who I chose as a mate. Wow. It does too. It does. It does. It impacts every, yeah, our lack of identity or embracing our identity impacts every area of our lives. Who we, who we come into relationship with, and that's not just romantically, but just even our peers, who we come into relationship with, um, what we decide to take on as a career or, you know, as a, a business owner, uh, what we do in ministry, um, how we relate to our, our families. Oh, my goodness. It impacts every area of our lives. Even what we say yes to. Oh, my. God. Oh, yeah. That's good. So many times that I wanted to say, no, like my body was screaming, no, like, like a good girl, like a uh, uh, scream and my mouth would say yes, because yeah. I thought, you know, then, you know, what are they going to think of me? And they're going to think that I don't want to do it, which I didn't want to do it. I didn't, didn't want to do it. Right. So the they truth. should think, they should think that I don't want to, because I don't. Right. 
We right. have to stop. Identity has to be so important to us that we stop doing things out of alignment just so we don't let other people down. And in the process, we let ourselves down. Oh, man. Now talk about that. Identity crisis causes you to let yourself down. <laughs> that is a crime if I ever heard one. We cannot, we cannot do for others what we cannot. It's like when you're drowning or maybe you're not drowning, but you're barely making it. You don't go try to save somebody else. There's nothing right. wrong with that. If you cannot make it, you cannot go on and try to say, and I did that for years. I was like barely holding on. Oh, can I stay with you? Can I have $500? Can you give me three days of your time? Seriously? Now, this is the kicker right here. And I did this for so many people for so long. If we flip the coin, would they do that for me? Mm, true. We know the answer to that question. Yes, we do know the answer to that question. We do know the answer to that question. Wow. This is, this is just an amazing conversation. And I know for those who are listening, as I always say, find yourself in the conversation. Mm. Find yourself in all that we've been talking about and all that we've been saying about identity and identity crisis. Find yourself in there and then throw yourself a life raft. Throw yourself a life wrap and say, listen, I'm coming up out of this because I have too much to do to be walking around talking about, I don't know who I am or, you know, other people don't know who I am. Listen, God knows your name. He knows what he created you for. And when the Bible tells us that he thinks thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us an expected end. That's who we need to be tapping into. That's who we need to be going to and saying, okay, show me again who I am. Show me and let him be the mirror to show you that reflection of who you really are. So you can show up in the world big, really. Right. And we need to, I love what you said that give them, give themselves a, a life raft. But I also think that they should look at themselves, how they have shown up in their relationships. We got to own up the process. We cannot blame it on other people. I was just talking to someone this morning and um, we were saying, people get to try you. That's the right. They get to try you. Yeah. And it's your job to say, eh, no. <laughs> right. That's not right. going to go. But they, we, don't, we don't even get to get mad about it. Because right. people treat us, people do to us what we allow them to do. That's it. They don't do anything yeah. else. They, they, and it comes down to that. that People can, will only treat you how you allow them to. And I've heard it said another way, you know, you show people how to treat you based on what you accept, what you say yes to, and what you choose to ignore when you really need to be addressing it. Oh, my God. Those conversations need to, those hard conversations will accumulate they will accumulate and they will escalate to levels that if they have been handled from the beginning, I always say this. Um, and I love when I first moved to this country, I come from a, a culture that doesn't speak. They'll gossip, but they won't speak. That's what I grew up. Okay. They don't, they don't talk. So wow. when I move here, Americans, and I'm going to generalize in a good way, Americans will tell you straight up. Like I remember riding the train and when you're riding a train, I, I commuted to college because I couldn't afford to live in college. And I commuted to college every single day. And when I commuted, it was 
during peak hours. So there were no seats. You just stood up and you held on and it was, I was fine with it. So inevitably the train will stop short many times or you will lose your balance and you would step on someone or someone would step on you uh-huh. and you knew it was an accident you knew it was not on purpose but I was I'm always paying attention because I'm, I'm I'm a visual learner and I would see how someone will step into an American and they would say oh wow you stepped on me can you please be careful right no no voice racing no choice words I'm just letting you know Right. You're, Watch where you're standing. Right. You're in my space. Yeah. <laughs> Me, I would be like, oh, are you okay? You know, like I would make it about like, oh, I wouldn't make them feel bad. And I was like, did that person just asserted themselves? Yeah. I was like, I was taking notes. They knew uh-huh. their identity. Like I knew that was not on purpose, but let me make sure that you know that I know you did it. Yeah. So you can do what you need to do. Hold on harder or so do you don't do it again so you don't do it again mm. and that's the part that right there so they don't do it again we need to stand firm and say not only am i i not only am i who i who god says that i am i know that i am who who god says that i am yeah i'm not uppity I'm not conceited. I don't think I'm all that in a bag of baked chips. No, I just, I'm just who God says that I am. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have to make excuse or apology for that. It's time out for that. It's it time is. out for it. Oh my God. It's so powerful. So let me, so many, many people probably are listening and wondering how do you women became so powerful, so powerful in your, in your identity. So would you mind sharing? I'll definitely share with my, how it happened for me, but do you recall when you began to see PK as the PK that God sees? Yeah. I, when I, my turning point was when I began to see God for who he really was. Mm. I had known of God, but until I began to know God, mm. I did not know me. So, so when I found out that he loved me enough to make me just like him Mm. to stock me full of so much good stuff to know what he says about me in the word and his decision to create me just like him and to fearfully and wonderfully make me when I got into the word and I found out all those things that he crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies that he's given me dominion authority over the works of his hands that he's given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. And I can go on and on with scripture, but those scriptures talk about who I am. I'm a chosen generation, right? Mm. They became life to me. They became real. They became, that became more of a reality Mm. than the words that other folk had spoken about me or had not said about me. It became my truth. Wow. And that's when the turnaround began and, you know, I stepped into ministry and I had an amazing and still do have an amazing husband who uh, also believes those things and pours those things into me. And guess what? I started to believe it, Catherine. I started to believe it. That's so good. When you told me the story about how you guys met and when he asked, when he proposed and stuff and, and I just love how God gives us what we need because he brought you a godly man 
And he really sees you. Like, I love how he has a clear picture of who you are. And he acts accordingly. Because the way he treats you, there is no doubt in anybody's mind, probably your mind either, that he sees you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The truth of the matter is, I think he saw more of me than I did before me. Like, he saw it first. He saw it first. And so you got to be with people like that, whether it's in, you know, marriage or friendships or whatever. You got to be in friendships and connected with people. You do this for me all the time and and seeing things that I haven't seen or I may have turned a blinded eye to. You got to be around people. Oh, my God. When you said that, you need to be with people that see it first. That's powerful in that. Yeah. Because that is... It kind of loses his power when I have to tell you who I am. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But when you see it ahead of time, there is power in that. You don't have to explain, and that's the power. You don't have to explain to anybody who you are because you gifts, your gifts make room for you. Yeah. And they are loud. Like, they're apparent. They are, like, clear as day. And the right people don't need to be pointed out. You don't have to spell it out. Yeah. And you don't have to wear a sign either. Remember when you were talking last week about that lady that treated you some kind of way? Yeah. She didn't, she didn't know and she didn't see it. Right. And then it was too little too late. It was. And at that point, you know, I was, you know, I was just, I, you just got to be you. You just got to be you no matter what. And that we talk about identity. That's the, that's the biggest, you know, nugget there. You just, you got to show up as you no matter what, no matter how people treat you, no matter how they look at you, no matter how they ignore you, you still got to be you. In that moment, I was like, okay, well, you don't understand, but I'm on assignment. So I'll just keep my head right and get ready for what I got to do. So, yeah. So t- tell us about your, your turning point. So powerful. I can tell you that were a couple of things was moving to the United States was huge for me. And also because I knew the Bible, I knew the knowledge of Bible in my head, but I didn't really know it in my heart. Mm. I had to, like, I know how to relearn everything to have, to develop a relationship with God. And then I remember one day I was reading, I read this, this Psalm is very popular. Everybody talks about it. They preach about it all the time. There were books about it, but I never really got it. And one day God just, you know, when God just opens your understanding one day, the Holy Spirit just ministers to you. Like I opened Psalms 139 and I'm telling you that the words were neon with uh, with like arrows coming at yeah. it. And they, like the, the Red Sea parted. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was like God loving on me and telling me, this is how much care I put into making you. And then he broke it down, PK, in such a way he said, I formed you like your bones. And that goes for me because I'm bony. Okay. And when he said, I formed you wow. in your mother's womb. Oh my God. And then that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he says, how marvelous is your creation? I'm his creation. And I had to repent. And I actually had to talk to someone like that on, on, on Sunday, last Sunday, because she kept talking about herself and, and I don't allow that in, 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 my, in my presence. I don't allow that. 
Yeah. She's a gorgeous person, okay? She was saying all these things about herself, and I said, I'm sorry. I, you're not talking right. And I had just met her. But right. I said, um, you, so you're saying that God's creation is a mistake? Wow. And, I, and, then I, and then I gave her my, because t- I didn't want to be too harsh. I, I began to tell her my story. And I began to tell her the story of, uh, I was always picked on because of my legs, always. My legs are very long and they're very skinny. And I love my legs. I love them. But I didn't because I was made fun of. But one day, my mom took me to the dentist. And the dentist was next to a children's hospital. And at PK, I don't even know how old I was. I was very young. And there was this mom, we were walking towards uh, going back home and this mom was coming with her child mm-hmm. and she was carrying this child who was older than me. So I was a kid, I was maybe four or five years old, but I can see the long legs and it just made no sense that a mom will be carrying such an older child. And then as they got closer to us, I saw that the, the, the child probably had polio Okay. because the legs were not firm enough to hold okay. her. In that moment, the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit. Don't you ever, wow, don't you ever say anything negative about your legs. Your legs take you from point A to point B. They are amazing. Nobody has to carry you. I gave you those legs. Wow. From that moment on, I am proud of everything about me. and, and, And I had to learn that. Like in that Psalm, show me that God loves everything about me and everything that I am points back to him. From that point on, I'm like, I love me some skinny Catherine storing. Right. right, And many many people think that um, image issues are only for people that are heavy. People that are, it's a stereotype for people that are skinny too. We can talk about that. I know about that. I was, you know, with the whole, you know, you know, you, you think about identity, you think about, you know, every part of you. And so right. physical as well. And, you know, I started this whole workout thing recently and I was talking to somebody and they looked at me and said, oh, really, you, you don't need to work out. And I told them, I said, you know what? It's all relative. It's all relative because what looks healthy uh, is not necessarily healthy. Right. Because it goes beyond what you see. It goes beyond what you see. It goes beyond. And we need to we need to remember that because many times in society it's so blinded to this. Um, we judge people by what they look like. Yeah. We get blinded by the the shiny object and what's pretty now. Because now the, the beauty standard has changed so much. Because now being curvaceous is in now and people are going yeah. out of their way, out of their way to surgically change who they are to appeal to people. Look at that. They surgically change themselves. Yeah. Not even like a cosmetic way. They are going above and beyond to distort their body. Okay. To appeal to people that didn't see them when they were themselves. Right. Right. It's all mixed up. And that is, a, that is an identity crisis if I ever heard one. Right. I am going to change my body and my appearance so you then see me and like me. What? Right. Honey, no. Because I look like I think you want me to look. 
But beneath the surface, I'm still the same person. I'm still the same person. I might have a bigger butt, but I'm still the same <laughs> right. person. Oh, my God. Exactly. Oh, my God. Your identity drives so much. And we are harping so much on this because when you go in business and ministry, your identity issues will tell on you. Oh, oh my goodness. I don't know that that we can talk a whole, uh, do a whole new podcast on that (laughs) one right there. You know, you can't, you know, people say it. um, Maybe we should talk about this. I don't know. Maybe next time. But about um, people say all the time that you should, you know, fake it until you make it. I absolutely loathe that statement. I hate that statement because everything that we do, whether we have attained the level that we are shooting for or not, it should be authentic. It should be totally authentic. It should. Totally authentic. It should. Because in that authenticity, we actually connect with the right people. Right. I was doing a tutorial the other day and, you know, platforms change all the time, all the time. And when I went to make the, the, the screen share, uh, they have changed the platform. And I didn't, I didn't pretend that they hadn't changed it. I said, oh, wow, I don't know. I don't know where they put this. Let's figure this thing out. Okay. And I'm the expert. Right. And then I said, this is going to happen to you also when you are setting up things for people, especially if it's software. Software gets updated on a regular basis. And it's not that you did it wrong. It's just that the software changed and you need to learn how to find it. Mm-hmm. Well, you do. You, you, got, you got to. You got to be open to that process and learning, right? So we got we to gotta, we gotta, we gotta really talk about that some more and really bring that uh, in and hone in on that. Because I think there's a lot of people who are afraid of what they don't know. They do. They do. But we will continue on this conversation. I think this is one that has to be a twofer. So we might we might continue on. This has been a long episode already. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you get the second part because it's gonna bless your whole entire life. Remember, your business, your ministry, and your money depend on you having your right identity, having it right. Exactly. Exactly. This has been amazing. As usual, I love the conversation, uh, Catherine. And for those who are listening, thank you so much for um, tuning in to the podcast. You got to go back and you got to listen to the previous episodes uh, because it's like connecting the dots. Every week builds on the, the previous one. So go out there and find us out there. Find the podcast out there. Subscribe to it. Tell your friends about it and leave us some comments. Now we have this, this neat feature where you can even leave a voice comment, right, Catherine? It's so awesome. It's so awesome. We're so excited. So make sure that you participate, that you share the broadcast, because again, this is great content that we want as many people as possible to find it. So thank you so much for listening. We are so excited for what God is doing and come back for a part two of this conversation because they are levels to this thing when it comes to business, ministry, and money. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. See you guys.